0: Inspiring, or aspirational at least, and um, stirring your hearts a little bit around what we see God leading us into in the future. Recognize there was a lot in there in uh, five minutes or so of that video, and um, we will be sending it out over email through the week, along with a PDF copy um, of the points in it so that you can inwardly digest and pray over that um, hope that um, you, uh, for now, though, can start to feel a, a sense of anticipation in our hearts and our spirits for all god has for us um some of the stuff we've been prayerfully considering from before covid um we went into 2020 um, desiring to have a vision for the next 10 years and um, felt god call us to stall on that and um, realized that actually uh, that was definitely the spirit because covid hit and all our plans went a wee bit skew with But um, at the same time, we felt God has been fermenting and maturing stuff in us. And we've prayerfully had times together. We've had times um, in our prayer room together. We've had times corporately together. We've prayed over this stuff. We've wrote out the scroll. Many of you have written prayers and things and that, and vision and that. And and we really do believe it is a time for us to put our best uh, foot forward as a church, to be front-footed in our posture. Um, I think it was Winston Churchill at one point said that he felt he was born for this hour. And uh, I certainly believe that we as a church were born for this particular hour that we are living through and God is calling us to um, rise up to that moment. We don't want to bombard you with loads and loads of points, but we do want to hopefully by the Spirit inspire you um, with some of the faces, the staff, the leaders of our churches in Lurgan and Portadown that you saw on the screen, um, to help you think about what our our, our our vision is and how we can give ourselves to that. The vision on the screen, as you'll see, for those of you who don't know, is um, to rewrite the story of Kergavan, Ireland, and the nations with the good news of the kingdom of God. We, we felt that the Lord has given us that vision and helped us articulate that over the years, and it's only grown and deepened and become more of a conviction in our hearts and um, and the way that we try to shape that is through six long-term aims that are in the video. And I, I'm just, if you don't mind, I'm just going to emphasize some of the things you said, not all of them, but just to rehearse them so you can go away thinking about some of these things. The, the first one is to help steward a move of God in the land. We, we're, we're first and foremost a local church, but we're here to see an inbreaking of the Spirit in this nation. That's what we believe Jesus calls us to, to win not just souls but nations <laughs> to go into the world and disciple people of all nations and and so we really want to be about that and some of the ways that we want to do that are to develop our whole prayer structure more and more we you know we have a 24-7 prayer room in Lurgan we want to see something similar and put it we we would love to see night and day of prayer happening across our city every single hour of every single day night on day covered in the years ahead and we want to build towards that we weren't that far away from it to be honest before covid and we want to get back to that and through that the spearhead intercession and prayer throughout the land um, we also have been very privileged to be part of the festival it has just had its first year But we are anticipating thousands of people over the years coming to that field in Newcastle from loads of different tribes and denominations from all across the counties in Ireland to be part of that festival. And that would be a flagship time in the year that symbolizes what we feel God's doing in all the relationships throughout the rest of the year so that we can call out to God for a great awakening. Discipleship. Number two is at the heart of our church, we want to disciple, um, uh, have, a, have a culture, as Dave said in that, of disciples making disciples. And as you, as you can see, if you go on to the next slide, Johnny, you'll see that we want to develop a pathway to freedom and wholeness. We, we feel like there are lots of people saved, but there's not loads of people free. And we feel like we've got a number of different programs. We've got counseling services, brilliant counseling services. We've got got GROW and discipleship programs. We've got some inner healing things. But we just feel like that all needs to be coordinated and come to a place where it's a mature pathway for people to go through, not just to pray a prayer and ask Jesus into the heart, but to get really free of generational stuff, of demonic stuff, of... um, of, of trauma, of healing, um, of all of that kind of stuff. And we, uh, we're, we're really excited about uh, thinking about how that could develop. Keep going there, Johnny, because I have these all written down. We want to develop a, a mature um, leadership. Um, sorry, we want mat- to develop a mature, thriving local resource church. For those of you who have been a part of us know that our desire has always been to see Portadown established alongside Lurgan, like two towers, like this picture of the London Tower Bridge that we've always had, that somehow together we could pull our resources together, our people together, um, our finances. Um, Together in such a way that could really impact the kingdom of God um, in this land. Uh, We really, really want to continue to be committed to investing in our kids and young people and seeing just quality youth work and kids' work done that will disciple them in the ways of Jesus. And um, and we really have a vision to see um, a consistent and clear evangelism track. We want to live for the day where we see people saved every single day. maybe you think that's a bit naive but um we're naive enough to give it a go and that's what we want to commit to and then and then we we over the years have felt god wanted us to multiply who we are we 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 really do want to see churches planted right through ireland what would what would it be like to see a number of new church plants in the next 10 years could we could we see what god has done here happening in bambridge and newry and athlone and waterford and cork could, could could we see that could god be seeding some things in your heart even right now as we talk to see churches planted not because we're trying to develop the emmanuel brand or anything like that we kind of hate that kind of rhetoric we just want to do and be obedient to how the spirit leads us and um and then and then finally or sorry two more we want to uh, see um, we've, we've always had a heart for the city, but we just feel really well positioned now to um, push on in that and to see the building that we have in Lurgan and the building that we will have in Portadown. not just as really good buildings for us to meet, but to be a place where people can really drop in so to speak but we felt a real weight on this word dwell that it would become a place to dwell a place of connection a place where people could come and sit and feel and know the presence of god because we believe the church has something that uh, we don't we don't have everything at the church but we have something that all the other agencies don't necessarily have and that is a stewardship of the presence of jesus that we want to cultivate in these places and so we'd love to see that develop over the years and we have um, had loads of background conversations about how we can restructure architecturally our buildings in order to make that happen we'd love to see the well-being stuff that we're such a passion about become recognized as a a center for excellence in that in terms of mental health which is such a big thing at the moment and to see people being given an opportunity vocationally to train and develop who maybe haven't been able to do that in the academic system that we have in order for them to become all that god has called them to be there's loads of other things going on around the city loads of other conversations but these are just some of the headlines that we hope will help you and and the guests what's really important as we all go about our daily day-to-day life around the city um it's really important that everyone if you see here it says citywide transformation is about the everyone every day everywhere expression of our faith as we see our communities transformed by the love of jesus and so we, we really know that many of you in here are carrying a heart and a spirit to see transformation in education, in business. Some of you are carrying a passion for the unborn. Some of you are cast, uh, carrying a passion um for justice in many different situations and circumstances for the poor. And we we really want that vision to be our vision because it's all of us together who are outworking the vision. And in order to do all of that, we need to have a track in place that develops leaders, that disciples people to a, a level where they can not just lead ones, but can lead hundreds, can lead systems, can lead structures in order to bring long-term transformation and we really want to raise up the next generation to have that spirit that was on joseph and that was in daniel and that was on esther a spirit of excellence to go in before kings and queens before those in power And to see structures and systems changed and transformed to bring about the glory of god and we have a brilliant leadership pathway in place some of you know rick preston helps lead that uh, and across our churches and uh, we really want to see that develop as well as seeing a more relational intergenerational mothering and fathering of people coming through so those are some of the things that we feel God has put in, our, in and on our hearts. And we'd really love you to prayerfully reflect in these and to help us think this through. I want to talk just for another 10 or 15 minutes before we close this morning. And then we're going to have communion to help us think about even vision for our own lives personally and to hopefully empower us as we go forward together. Um, we've started a new series last Sunday called Cultivate based on the parable of the sower that we see in Matthew chapter 13. And it's really interesting to think about vision in light of these parables of Jesus. There's actually eight parables of the kingdom in Matthew chapter 13. The parable of the sower, which we're going to be looking at, is the first of those eight. But when I think of our journey as a manual church, I think about it, I only can really think about it in light of these parables. And it's really helpful for us to think about vision and ambition in the kingdom through the lens of these parables because it's different than the way the world thinks about ambition and vision. And uh, when I think of our story, I think of it in these lights, in in light of this, uh, eight people in a room 27 years ago, not really sure what they were doing, but just knew God had dropped a seed into their heart, into their spirit, saying, I want you to do something for the lost and the broken in this city for the glory of my name. A mustard seed, one of the parables will tell us later on in Matthew 13. A a little seed that becomes something much much more that we're told that in the kingdom over the years will become a flourishing tree that the birds of the air can come and plant on and so in the midst of the weeds that have grown around us at times in the midst of the pain that we've had the experience to get there in the midst of all the hidden places where you cultivate this seed when nobody else is seeing all those parables speak to that and they help us understand how a vision comes to pass the parable's in Matthew 13, remind me that God has only two speeds. Have you, have you noticed God has only two speeds? Suddenly and slowly. Yeah? And even when he does things suddenly, it feels like he sometimes takes his time to actually bring that about. And over the last 27 years, we've seen wonderful suddenlies. We've seen moments where God has broken in, in power, bringing healing and deliverance. But what I've come to realize is the suddenlies only really last. When they're cultivated in the soil of slowlies, when the patient endurance and when the faithfulness and perseverance over the years creates an environment and soil where these suddenlies can happen. We have had the joy of learning much and reaping much over the years. Eight people has grown, a number of churches have grown from that. Many people have come to the Lord, but it doesn't it didn't come overnight. it's it's 27 years some a seed is planted to a flourishing tree that starts to develop and so we've had the joy of watching that happen and yet it's time to go again it's time to sow again it's time to roll up the sleeves and get your hands dirty in the soil again to dig And to prepare the ground. Because the thing about it is, and I really feel this is for some of you this morning, we're never done in the kingdom of God. Well, we never should be done in the economy of the kingdom of God. It might feel like we are, but we never are. We're never too old to hang up our boots in the kingdom of God. We've never achieved so much that Jesus isn't worth giving it all over to him again. We may transition seasons, but we're never finished We may have to let some things go, but we should never retire when it comes to the things of the kingdom. And Why is this the case? Why are we never done? And it's a simple enough answer. And here's what it is. Because Jesus is worth it. One glimpse of Jesus. One glimpse of the man Christ Jesus. That man who became flesh for us. The beauty of his face the source of all goodness one glimpse by the spirit of his face and it's worth building another altar and putting everything that you have gained to date on it to say jesus i give it all to you again to sow the seeds of your kingdom into the soil of the earth there's one day you're not going to be able to do that anymore there's one day you know the rule will call us up yonder or whatever it is, right? There's one day, you know, we'll get to live and partner with God in a new heaven and new earth and we'll still be working in a sense. But while this world is tough, we've got a chance to do things that we'll never be able to do for all eternity, even as we live for Jesus. This, these are our moments. It's, it's time to sow again. It's time to go again. You've heard us quote this often by John Wimber. I think it's on the screen. Um, let, me, let me read it. It's a bit longer, this quote. Um, this time, the eco- in the economy of the kingdom, God is quite, the economy of the kingdom of God is quite simple. Every new step in the kingdom costs us everything we have gained to date. Every time we cross a new threshold, it costs us everything we now have. Every new step may cost us all the reputation and security we have accumulated up to that point. It costs us our life. A disciple is always ready to take the next step. If there's anything that characterizes Christian maturity, it is a willingness to become a beginner again for Jesus Christ. It is the willingness to put our hand in his hand and say, I'm scared to death, but I will go with you. For you are the pearl at great price. It's time to go again. It's time to sow again. Because Jesus is worth going and selling everything for so you can buy that field, so you can get that pearl. If you haven't glimpsed Jesus, it's probably not worth it. I wouldn't do it if it wasn't for Jesus. It costs too much. It costs, it, it, you give too much, but once you see Jesus, then for the joy, for the joy of what it is to know Jesus and to be called in to partner with Jesus in his work, for the joy, <laughs> then it's, you're more than willing than to build an altar and place everything on it. But before there was John Wimber, there was the Apostle Paul. And he put it like this in Philippians chapter 3. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, Forgetting what is behind and straining for what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature take, should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already obtained. Incredible piece of scripture. Um, Paul is a living fireball for Jesus. I don't know how many times he's probably lost his life by this stage, how much it's cost him. But nevertheless, forgetting those things which are behind, I press on now to lay hold of that for which Christ laid hold of me. In other words, the love of Jesus that has captured our hearts and captivated us, we lay hold of, can we lay hold of more of a revelation of that? Because every time we get a hold of it, it releases us and empowers us to want to go again for Jesus. But if you look closely at this particular passage, it almost seems a bit contradictory. Because in one way he says, forget everything that's behind. But then also in this last verse he says, only let us live up to what we have already attained. It initially seems to contradict, but they actually complement. Because what he's saying is... We're forgetting the past in the sense that any identity we're attaching to the past, or any reputation, or any ways that we kind of pat ourselves on the back to make us feel like we're worthy in and of ourselves, we're forgetting all of that. But but nevertheless, he's saying, let us not forget the battles that we've already won. Let us not forget how far we've come. And I want to say, in the five years of Emmanuel Church, let us not forget what God has done. It was a seed at the start. It was a fleeting thought. If you hadn't have been listening, you might have even missed it. But look what God has done. And what Paul is saying let us not forget that. Let us not forget some of the breakthroughs that we've had, some of the personal stuff that you have worked through, some of the relationships that we've formed, some of the prayers that we've prayed that we've seen answered to. Let us not forget that, but let us press on into all that is ahead because there are bigger battles ahead. God is the perfect father, and he knows now what we are ready for. I learned very recently of a bird in Africa. It's on the screen, and it's a symbol for uh, in, in, in Ghana, in Africa, and it's called a Sankofa bird. And it's an important symbol in the region of Akan in Ghana. And this particular bird, if you Google it, you'll see loads of different kind of images of it, but essentially it's the same. And it speaks to a bird that's looking backwards but flying forwards at the same time. And as it's looking backwards but able to fly forwards, it's also carrying a seed in its mouth. And the symbols kind of really struck me over the last few weeks as I've thought a lot about us. The idea is that the bird is attentive to everything that's happened in its past, but flying into the future with all sorts of possibilities, which the seed represents. The proverb that goes along with it kind of gets at the idea of go back and fetch it. And because there's a wisdom that we learn from all that we have been through in the past that actually carries us into the future with hopeful possibilities. And when you apply this to the biblical story, you realize that this really gets at the heart of our understanding of grace, because God's grace refers to our past in a way that redeems everything that had went wrong, to enable us and to empower us to live into the future in a way that even the bad stuff in the past, he mysteriously and beautifully and wonderfully and only in his grace weaves that into our lives to help his kingdom purposes for the future. He makes it all count in the most beautiful of ways. What is it that the writer of Ecclesiastes said? He will make all things beautiful in his Time only God can do that, and and as we think about our individual stories, how God has done that, we widen out a little bit too and think about the big story that we're part of. That we referenced even last week, if you were here, as we did a quick run through of the biblical story, that there was a seed planted in the heart of Adam and, sorry, on, in, of Abraham and of Sarah that through them, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. That was a seed of promise that God's original intention for all humankind to be filled with his love and presence would happen on the earth. And and, and we, the, the Bible is basically telling us the story of how that happened, how it was fulfilled in Jesus. But there's a sense in which we, we look back to that story and we, we remember that we are part of this seed. We carry this seed of promise in our lives, into every part of it to help fulfill the dream of god and and the scripture that tells us in romans is contains the power of that seed the god Talking about Abram, who gives life to the dead and calls things into being that are not. What are you going into tomorrow morning? What, are you, what, are you, what street are you driving up as you go home today or tomorrow that you need to call forth the things that are not as though they are? What's not happening that should be happening, that God would want to happen? And we do that through the lens and the spirit of the Spirit of God that sees things with faith to believe that the promises of God or yes and amen in Jesus, and that he wants to see these things fulfilled. That's why we need to remember oh, the seed that is deep within us as we seek to lay hold of that for which Christ has laid hold of us. And as we lay hold of Jesus, and I'm bringing this to a completion in the next few minutes, as we lay hold of Jesus, we lay hold of his heart, and we lay hold of his heart for the world. And the world is broken right now, people. The world is broken. In a broken, broken place, as we've alluded to in the vision. And the vision, the vision, the world needs a vision. And the vision is Jesus, because Jesus is the hope of the nations. When we get a glimpse of Jesus, we get a glimpse of hope personified. The one who has taken into his own body all the pain and brokenness of the world, overcome it, defeated it and rose above it victoriously and so when we in our mornings that we're about to go into days packed with all sorts of challenges when we get a glimpse of jesus when we look into the eyes of jesus we're looking into the hope of the nations personified in a person and and that hope is to catalyze us and captivate us in ways that we can move beyond what we just see in the day to day and so, uh, we need a vision above what is visible. And so, to kind of bring it around to a conclusion, with some words from you two who sung a song a few years ago called "Moment of Surrender," and I love this line in at the lyrics, "At the moment of surrender, a vision over visibility." That's what we need. That's what the world needs. The world needs a vision. Beyond what they can just see. And because what they can see, if you were just to look at it, you would lose all hope. But at the moment of surrender, at the moment when you say, Jesus, it's worth me kneeling down again and building another altar and lifting their eyes to see Jesus, then a vision over and above visibility comes. And the beautiful thing about Jesus is he doesn't it's not like all lofty kind of airy furry stuff this is the god who stepped into our pain that meets us in the midst of it that will not invalidate one tear that you ever cry because he's felt it and he's been there and he understands it but equally he has overcome it he has conquered it and he is here to lift your vision this morning above the visible things that you see And if you can do it in us and through us, then this community that we live in, this city that we live in, this nation, it's maybe got a chance because there are certain people that today are living in abject poverty that are hopeless, that are considering right now whether to stay alive. They need a vision over visibility. And that comes at the moment of surrender. When all of us once again go it's time to go again it's time to sow again i was thinking today you know the last couple of days as i was thinking about this i'm inspired by our leaders i'm inspired by our my fellow elders in this i think of chris and debbie who packed all their stuff into a car 15 years ago or whenever it was and decided we'll go down to this part of the world because we think god wants us to that's just a seed but if you if you steward the seed right then look what can happen and all these years later now it's time to go again i think of keith and sharon who have in the last number of years changed roles retired but not retired in order to become more flexible and mobile and nimble to go again for the kingdom of god to sow seeds to roll up their sleeves to not put their feet up i think of stephen and barona who years ago five years ago when i said what do you think about this thing in portadown <laughs> it's a bit of a seed I said no we'll go i think of steven showing up here every single friday night almost for the last five years out there and saying last week was good but i'll go again i'll circle this town again one more time and i'll pray and then i'll go again and then i'll go again and then i'll go again the older i get the people that impress me the most are those that keep going despite pain and suffering and the enemy at times stirring them right in the face, laughing at them in all sorts of ways, and they say, he may slay me, but yet will I serve him. They keep going, they keep sewing, they keep rolling their sleeves up. We're living in a time, all the commentators will tell us it's uncertain, don't do anything too much, don't invest your money here, don't doubt that, because it's all uncertain. What we have assurance of is Jesus is building his kingdom, and he is worthy of giving our lives to seeing that come to pass i'm out of time and we need to go and get our kids in a moment but if you'll give me five minutes because i'd love us to take communion together and i'm going to ask the 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 band to come up and uh, lead us in that but just as they come up um and the guys that are going to give out communion if you wouldn't mind getting ready but just as they do that i'd love you to listen to this last analogy one last time because i feel this is. This is for some of you. I shared this story before a year or so ago, but I felt it was relevant for this morning. Um, the oldest, the oldest seed, the oldest seed um, in the world <laughs> that they found was a seed that was over two thousand years old, and they they found it. And um, I have it here. When they were recovered, a seed from ex excavations at Herod the Great's palace on Masada in Israel over 2,000 years ago they traced it to and they found it in the early 2000s and they planted it again and in 2005, I think we've got a picture of it, it's called the Judean date palm date palm and uh, 2,000 years later in 2005 (laughs) it grew again because it had been held and preserved in a cool and dry place in Herod's palace, 2,000 years. And I love this story because it reminds me. Seeds in your heart and spirit aren't necessarily dead. They are dormant. But they can come alive again. They just need an activation by the Spirit of God. They just need replanted and transplanted into the good soil. And the soil of disappointment the soil of persecution. The soil of sin, losing our way a bit, can make those seeds feel like they've lacked any potency anymore. But sometimes all they need is a fresh yieldedness to the Spirit of God. And I believe, as we take communion this morning, that Jesus wants to bring some of those back to life over this next season. And we're about to enter into a week of prayer and fasting. And what a better way to start preparing our hearts to break up any fallow ground in order that the seeds of the kingdom can find good soil again in our hearts and grow. It's time to sow again. It's time to go again. As the band just play lightly, we're going to remember Jesus, who, as we looked at last week, is the fulfillment of the seed of promise. And just as we thank Jesus for his body broken and his blood shed, What I want you to do first and foremost I want you to also ask yourself the question are you prepared to follow Jesus again into death and through that into life because he showed us a way that he, could, he was the one that could do for us what we could never do for ourselves he was the ultimate sacrifice and yet in all of that he was providing us a way that he wanted us to follow So the bread and the juice are going to pass around now. It's just going to go along the rows. And um, I'd just love you to take some bread and take some juice and just to reflect on Jesus, what he's done, and your own response to that in 2023. just the band will sing this song um just gently as you take a communion and let's allow jesus to be the center of our lives all over again Can we all stand together? I'd love to pray for us. Prayer ministry team are going to come forward. They're going to be here. I feel like there are some people that, um, there are some seeds that um, need some prayer this morning uh, for the earth, of the presence of the Lord to get around them. But I want to pray that over all of us. Holy Spirit we thank you that you scriptures tell us you overshadow people thank you that you um, because of Jesus live within us we thank you for these moments that you also overshadow you see seeds that you want to conceive and seeds that you want to breathe upon to activate and bring to life so God I pray in these moments that your presence Jesus would soften hearts Soften the soil of our hearts, O oh God, to allow us to receive afresh, O oh God, the fresh word of the Lord, calling us to sow and to dig and to prepare ourselves for the things that you want to bring to life, that you want to grow and plant and cause us to reap in the days ahead. So, Lord, we, we lay down our lives. We lay down our vision at your feet, Jesus. So, Lord, over and above all the things that we think that you've told us to do, we say you are our vision, Jesus. You are the hope of the nations. And, Lord, would you lead us on by your grace? In Jesus' name, Amen. Love you to stay around for tea and coffee. Love you to go and get your kids if you wouldn't mind if you have them. But if you do want prayer, please do come forward. I want to be here at the front prayer ministry team. I'll be here as well. And if you'd like us to pray for you, we'd love to do that.